Welcome to the Danger Room, a place to prepare for the opponents you are yet to face. We discuss strategy and how to level up your game in Marvel Crisis Protocol. In a change to our usual format, we're instead doing three interviews today with three of the top four from Season 5 of the TTS League. Uh, sadly, we tried to arrange fourth interview, but the schedules just didn't line up. So we are missing Jaborf, so an honourable mention to him and his excellent achievement of making top four with Web Warriors. Uh, but we've got the other three lined up for you now. Hello and welcome to the first of our Danger Room top four interviews. And with me today, I have Patrick, aka Ulysses. How are you doing, Patrick? I've been pretty well. Uh, awesome. Firstly, congratulations on making the top four. Uh, how many other seasons have you been trying to get up here? Um, so I started playing MCP right after the finish of season three. And uh, I played in season uh, four and went four and two. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so this would just be my second season of uh, playing the TTS League. Yeah, well, you're in good company. Uh, I've only played two as well. And, and a meteoric rise. So uh, congratulations. It's a fantastic achievement to get this high up. Oh, thank you very much. What first attracted you to Black Order? So really the theme. So when I got into MCP, I basically looked through all the different affiliations that were out at the time and said, which affiliation do I like the theme and the sort of the fluff and the look of the models? And so the one that was just far and away above all the other affiliations was Black Order. Uh, is that because of the movies or the comics or something else? Um, so basically the movies and then also just the, the look of the model. So I, they don't have a general like superhero look. Uh, and a, a lot of that sort of stuff I'm not a huge fan of just aesthetically. Mm -hmm. but cloaked figures with giant glaives, which is much <laughs> more appealing to me uh, aesthetically. Who could you possibly be talking about? I have just no idea. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, you wrote a fantastic, or co-authored, co I should say, a fantastic series of articles uh, which are out on the Across the Bifrost um, Nexus website. Uh, how did you get involved in that project? Yeah, so that was really interesting. So... When I got started with um, Black Order, I had the awesome opportunity to learn a lot from people who would answer questions on the MCP Discord. So some of these would be like Morgan Reed, Finger Guns, um, Utility Cookie. Mm -hmm. And so as I played more and more, uh, I found that, oh, when people ask questions, I can answer some of them. And so I started answering questions there. and one person basically flat out asked, are there any written articles about Black Order that are, that are good for allowing them to learn how to play? And basically Utility Cookie said, no, there are no good Black Order articles that, that really will teach you how to play Black Order. And so out of that question, um, I got together with um, Utility Cookie and Fingers and said, well, if none of these ex sort of exist that we're happy with, why don't we just make one that we're happy with? And so that's sort of how that project started. Amazing. Uh, I've read them. They are really good. If you haven't already read them, listeners, then uh, go and check them out. They really do break it down really quite clearly what Black Order is trying to do um, and how to go about learning to play them. Um, in, in your experience then learning to play them, 
a common thing I hear is that Black Order, you lose a lot when you're learning. Has that been your experience? Um, no, actually. That was what was really interesting with Black Order for me, is I started winning a lot pretty early. Um, and a lot of that, I think, has to deal with that I got into Black Order right at the end of season three, like as I said before, where Morgan Reed did really well. And so what I did is sort of, as I was starting, I went through and watched every VOD that I could see of Morgan Reed playing Black Order. Mm -hmm. And then I read all, or read uh, the stuff that he had written uh, in sort of some of the discords. And then I also listened to the, the, all the podcasts that he was on. So I sort of, because of that, I sort of got a head start into, okay, how should I be thinking when I approach the game with Black Order? How does that sort of uh, work? Um, I also have played a lot of miniature games in the past. And so I sort of had an idea of how that sort of went. How would you sum up Black Order's playstyle then, from your experience? Basically for me, it is abusing enemy positioning mistakes with Thanos and then using Corvus to profit from the setup Thanos provides. Okay, so you tend to find you activate Thanos before Corvus. So it depends. So in early game, I often do, like uh, like round one, mm -hmm. because you really want to sort of use Thanos to then set up um, Corvus. However, you often then have priority on round two. So you're going to have Corvus go do all his dirty work. And then because, and then basically you want to leave Thanos for as late into the second round activation as you can by passing because you generally have less models. And then you want to set up uh, plays for Corvus on activated models. So models that your opponents have already activated so they can't move them away. And so it's sort of this dance of where Thanos is setting up Corvus and then Corvus is doing what he wants to do and then Thanos is setting up Corvus again. Ah, so you're using Thanos late in that round to bring in an activated model who then can't escape Corvus going ham on them again at the beginning of the next round. Exactly, exactly. And so often what you want is you want like Corvus to be dazing or KOing at least one model a, a round. Often you want more. Um... Yeah, but that's what you want to do because often um, Black Order wants to play an attrition style. Mm -hmm. So you generally just want to sort of be whittling down your opponent so that, so that they can't have as many models to outscore you early. How often do you find that Corvus doesn't deliver the goods? <laughs> I don't have like a percentage off the top of, off, off the top of my head. Sure, sure. Just, just a rough uh, feeling. Is it like yeah, so uh, once in a blue moon or you know more often than I'd like? So a lot of it has to deal with, does he have power? So with power, because of um, Glaive's, Glaive's Edge, mm -hmm. which allows him to count blanks, he generally delivers whenever you have power to give him. However, if you have to make Glaive's Edge strikes or Unglaive's Edged um, death blows, then things become more dicey and he can let you down more. Uh, and this particularly with Death Blow, if you're really having to like push and you really want the wild. So that's often where you're like, oh, I need the wild to do what I need to do here. And that lets you down uh, more, <laughs> that lets you down quite a bit.
Um, yeah, and so that's it's really what it is. Is if he has the if Corvus has the power, then he rarely lets you down. Hmm. Let's dig into your roster a little bit. Uh, so in the early rounds, you were playing uh, Ebony Moore and you had Shush in your list. I do want to talk through why that was there and maybe why it got taken out. Yeah, sure. So often uh, when I'm building sort of lists, you basically look at threats and look at which crises are at each threat. So one of the, well, until Sword was released, the 14th crisis that existed was um, Senator, basically. Yep. And so what would happen is there were teams that have very good 14-point Senator uh, lists. So some of those would be like Asgard, um, where they would run something like Thor, Angela, and Enchantress. Mm -hmm. Or um, Brotherhood, where they would run like Magneto, um, Scarlet Witch, and then um, some Al some other models, Alcari like someone, Quicksilver, yeah. Mystique, or something like that. Yeah. And what's what's hard there is that if they have three models with priority, it's really hard to get back priority unless you, as the Black Order player, take Proxima and Corvus to husband and wife and steal priority. Yep. And. To fit them in with the reality gem on Corvus, which which is one of the things that really makes him tick, you can't bring Thanos with a gem because Thanos base costs six threat. And so you have to do something strange there. So one of the options is that you can drop a, a Proxima for a two threat. However, that means that, as we already talked about, you're not going to be able to get priority often because you don't have the husband and wife synergy from Proxima and Corvus. Mm -hmm. So what I uh, found worked really well is bringing Ebony Maw with the Mind Gem, which was that sixth threat plus uh, Corvus with the reality in Proxima, which gave you the option to use husband and wife to get back priority. Um, another reason that sort of Ebony Maw works really well here, it particularly into those um, three wide rosters, or the three white squads, yep. is because they have high-priced models. And because they have high-priced, low-model-count um, squads, sh becomes a lot more valuable. So for instance, if you're against Asgard, you can sh um, for Asgard. Yep. Yeah, and good. by stopping for Asgard, you can not only reduce the damage that um, Thor can do, because he doesn't get that charge-like effect, but also it stops the stagger from going off on um, Corvus. Yeah. Um, another thing is that, um, like, let's say they have Magneto. Well, sh completely destroys either Magneto's, uh, Magneto throw turn, or he it can completely destroy um, Magneto's defensive buffs because it stops mm. that superpower from being used for the rest of the rest of the turn. Yep, seems good. Yeah, and then another thing is that if with the Mind Gem, Ebony Maw gets four power. Which means that you have um, a play where you can double move Maw, then mind Jim an enemy character, and mothership in uh, Corvus on round one. Hmm. Yep, that's fun. Yeah, and then generally what happens then is you can also have um, Proxima then not spend power. And at the top of round two, you can have Execute up. Also fun. Seems good. And so you can set up a lot of um, basically 
killy combos. And again, this is really good if your opponent has very few models that are extremely high threat cost. Because you can basically remove a larger percentage of their of their squad using these so, sorts of uh, high-powered combos. So you sold me. I should definitely be playing Ebony more and Shush now. Uh, so why did it get cut from your roster? Yeah, and so, as I said, it, it's really good. I found it to be really good, but only in that very specific situation. And so the thing is, is that when I looked at who made it to the finals, there wasn't a lot of Brotherhood and there wasn't a lot of Asgard. And there wasn't a lot of, like, A-Force, for instance. A-Force is another... Um, affiliation that can run really uh, three models at 14 or likes to. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so because of that, uh, that particular setup became less valuable against the people I was likely to face. Also, um, sword came to prominence. And the thing is with sword is it's not that you're facing three really high powered models. You're facing a ton, like five uh, not quite as good models. So that makes these combos that are, that are targeted at one character and allows you to eliminate one character easily less valuable because you're spending the same amount of resources to take out something that your opponent spent less resources on. So uh, let's talk about what came in then. Having taken out Ebony Moore, what slotted into your roster? Yeah, so the biggest thing was that I took out... Sh for no matter the cost. And that is because with uh, the enemy having more models, you're basically, you need Corvus to be able to make more attacks. And so no matter the cost allows him to get off um, basically more death blows. Yeah, I mean, often you're thinking like uh, round one, round two, maybe getting that range three, which saves you taking a move action. Yeah, so there's a couple different options depending on what exactly happens. So on sword, if the opponent pushes you out, you can use, um, no matter the cost, to not have to move back in off the sword push because you can just um, death blow back in. Yep, because it's only a short push, so you're probably still within range three of the target you want to hit. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's that's really that it works really well with is when Corvus is going for his all you've uh, all you've got play. Because <laughs> then because, you don't care about the damage anyway. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, you, you don't nice. care about the damage. It's a resource that you aren't going to use because all you've got is going to daze you no matter how much HP you have. So basically, you're using a resource that you're generally just throwing away with that card. Uh, so is all you've got always used on Corvus then? Um, pretty much, yes. Um, because... One, uh, Thanos can't play it because it, it only works on six threat or less characters. <laughs> yep, that's true. And the my the sort of gems add to Thanos' threat, so it makes it that he's an ineligible target for it. For sure. Um, and I, I guess generally you'd rather be all you've got in uh, Corvus rather than Proxima. Yes, so I do sometimes use it on Proxima, but the thing is, is that because Proxima is just sort of unreliable in her attacks, so it's more of a gamble. Hmm. Um, and this goes back to where I say you asked, when does Corvus let you down? I said, when he doesn't have power. And Proxima is always in that situation because she doesn't have an offensive uh, buff that she can make herself more reliable. 
Yeah. And so I've found that all 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 you've got on her, while they sometimes are necessary, are really sort of gambles. Yeah, it's, it's a really good point. And she's often the one going and spending the early power to pick up extracts or to interact with secures or whatever the uh, crisis setup might be. So she, yeah, I think you're right. She often can find herself a bit devoid of power compared to where Corvus is at. Yeah, and you also make a good point is, yeah, if she generally has um, extracts or sitting on objectives, then you don't want her to daze. And so that's one thing that you'll, that uh, if people have seen sort of the games that I've played, um, often if I'm going to plan to be aggressive with Corvus, I try to make it so that he doesn't have extracts or he's not going after points. Because you you don't generally want that because of one you're basically looking for the all you've got play to daze him, but two if he has an extract he can't use the mothership plays, so it really hurts his ability to get where he needs to go. Mm. I wanted to talk a little bit about your crisis selection. I think uh, four of your crises kind of speaks for themselves. I think alien ship and scrolls are like classic Black Order plan. And I think kind of demons and gamma are that punch up in the middle plan. So I think all of that makes perfect sense. I wanted to get your take on why research station and uh, extremists are in your list. Cool. So yeah, research station is basically forces um, a middle fight. And so it can be good against teams that sort of lack control. So you generally don't want to drop this into something like Web Warriors or Wakanda. Mm -hmm. But you can drop it into things that just don't have the control to get you off. And so you can use Thanos to try and score it. And then what you can do is you can use that as a place of saying to the opponent, you have to come to the center and fight me. Because if you don't, I'm just going to outscore you with Research Station. Uh, so it really sort of forces a center fight, which Black Order really likes. The yeah. other reason it is in, and one of the reasons that I switched to it for the finals, was because of the um, Black Order mirror. Okay. Um, and so this is one of the reasons that I substituted in Loki for Ebony Maw, was because it opened up a 16 threat where I can have Thanos with the mind, Loki and Corvus with reality, and in a center fight, so that means that I can maximize Loki's bubble because they have to come to the center. And yep. so this can be a, a great um, sort of play with priority if I had to face the Black Order mirror. Which particular things are you thinking of the Loki bubble affecting there? So the, the Mind Gem, Cosmic Portal, um, Glaive's Edge. Yeah, those all get used a lot. Exactly. And so these are things you're wanting to use all the time. Uh, Destacree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so this is like a bubble. This can create a really hard time for the other Black Order player to sort of basically fight you. And I guess if they try and take out Loki and they flip him in like round one or round two and want to try and daze him in round three, he's going to have lots of power for I am a god to count blanks and you're not going to get your crits and that's particularly bad against Corvus where he's counting skulls as crits. So, you know, it's extra extra non-exploding dice that's happening. Exactly. And so that makes the center with Research Station even more of a sort of um, murder zone for you. Mm. Okay. I think it's interesting. I think the list of affiliations that you probably don't want to play it into is quite long, isn't it? Because you, you mentioned two there, Web Warriors and Wakanda. I think I'd probably put Cabal on that list once you've got... Um, 
Modoc and Enchantress, both in affiliation, moving people away with their respective short move advances. Uh, that feels pretty bad on that. Uh, I, maybe uh, as well, you'd want to add Criminal Syndicate, where they count double for it. And so they're much more likely to get it and start moving it around and, and getting those even more VPs than get that early lead. It feels like there's quite a lot of affiliations, actually, that you kind of don't want to play it into. Yeah, and that's, that's definitely true. And that's why um, I originally wasn't playing it. Mm -hmm. um, I originally had herbs, but herbs uh, runs into a lot of the same issues, is that there's just a long list of affiliations that you don't want to run it into. Mm. And so this it was really like, okay, I need a third extract that will at least be good into some portion of what I might face. Yeah. And then I'll just lean on the other two, so scroll and ship in the other situations. Yeah. That's exactly the point I was about to make. You've got two fantastic game plans in scroll and alien ship. And so you're kind of your third extract is kind of like an, an audible for particular matchups that you want a bit of an edge into. And maybe you feel comfortable with those other ones into those matchups we talked about and you want to take this into, I don't know, maybe Brotherhood. This is a good one into. Okay, well, let's hit on extremists then. What's extremists doing in your in your roster? So one, um, it's in there for the threat. So seventeen is a great threat for Black Order because you mm -hmm. can have nine point Thanos, um, Corvus of Reality, Jim, and in Proxima, and mm -hmm. you can basically do everything that you generally want to do as a Black Order player. Um, what it also does is it basically forces your opponent to split up which means that opponents with a lot of defensive tech, like Bodyguard or um, Lifesaver from Ghost Spider, will have to split up their forces if they want to try and score the secure, which is what people are going to try to do to, to outscore Black Order early. Mm -hmm. And so this, I really like this also on extracts that are very wide. Like hammers, say. Yeah, so like hammers or... Um, Spider infected, for instance. Okay. Where you basically, I can go wide to get the 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 extracts or to deal with the extracts. But while I'm going to where sort of the extracts are, there also secures that the opponents with the extracts are likely going to be going to be having to try to be around the secures. So you're sort of holding down the people with extracts. Now this isn't always the case if they can go super super wide, because they just have their extracts run away and they have other characters on the secures. But then you can just generally just try and pick off the people on the secures. And so then you get the VPs from taking picking those people off, but then you also get the VPs from the secures. Mm -hmm. um, so this is sort of what um, a little bit happened in my uh, sixth game um, in the in the league before the finals, where I faced a Wakanda on um, Spider Infected and I, and I picked Extremis. Mm -hmm. is that I was able to go out wide with Corvus on one side and Thanos on the other. Corvus was able to pick off one of their extract carriers that was on a secure. And then I was able to um, mothership Corvus back to the other side and do the same thing on that side, on the side that Thanos was on. Um, so it just basically allows you to split up your opponent and then use mothership uh, to basically reposition uh, you, your characters, particularly Corvus, faster than your opponent can reposition. Yeah, I Seems pretty fast. How often do you find yourself then, kind of what you talked about there, taking down someone with an extract, but then not picking it up? How important is that in your decision-making process with Black Order? 
So yeah, with Corvus, I find that I'm that I do it more often than not, unless unless it's going to win me the game. So you basically have to count up and say, is Corvus scoring this VP going to win me the game, or does he have to um, basically do a ton of work? So a lot of this is, is it late game? Have I used Mothership? Mm. If it's spider infected, do I have enough power that even if I get the get moved off, I can glaze edge back in and do what I need to do? There are all sorts of those things, but generally I don't put extracts on him early um, because I want him to not be moved by things like spider infected. I don't want him to be taking damage from cubes, and I want him to be able to mothership where he needs to be. For sure, I think you meant death blow, not glaze edge there. But, but oh yes, yes, sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, Okay, another interesting one in your roster. When do you play a power gem on Thanos? So that's generally at 16. So it's at 16 when I think the priority control of Proxima and Corvus is needed. So if the opponent is mm. might run like four wide or something like that, and I want to be able to daze or KO models while still retaining priority. Yeah, because you talked about your Loki team, which you liked, but that's three models, but it doesn't have that priority control. So Yes, and so in that, as I said, the Loki thing is very much a particular pick that I would uh, do into a, the Black Order mirror. Gotcha. Uh, because another thing that that, uh, that hurts is husband and wife. It makes them pay for that as well. <laughs> yeah, which then starves Corvus of power, which means he's not going to generate as much power because he might not be able to pay for Glaive's Edge as often. Yeah. They'll tell us together nicely. Um, you've talked about your 17 threat build often having the sort of the nine threat Thanos who includes um, Mind Gem and Time Gem. Is there any instances where you might forego time in order to slot in a Koye? And what might those be? So I used to do that a lot more. Um, but recently I've just found that I like and have had more success with having the the basically nine point Thanos because it just allows you much more reach and allows you to be able to port back people to Corvus and have a lot more control. Mm -hmm. And I've found that I enjoy doing that and have found just as much if not more success with the added control on Thanos than having the additional model. Um, however, if it was something like, say, Spider-Infected, then I might consider having a low-point cost model that can just sit and get the Spider-Infected. But even then, um, recently, I've found that I like having Nine-Threat nine Thanos there. Hmm. I guess that kind of leads me on to, what are the crises that you don't want to see? Because, I mean, often Spider-Infected might be cited as one. How, how do you feel that matchup in particular goes? Yeah, so Spider-Infected is one that you generally don't want to see because it's you don't want to really have Spider-Infected either on Thanos or on Proxima. I mean, it should be not Proxima, but, uh, yeah. but Corvus. Corvus, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you generally almost always have one on Proxima. Um, and so... Spider Infected is not what not what you want to see across the table. Um, so another one uh, that is sort of iffy for on extracts um, will be sort of cubes because it's spread out, it's high scoring, it does damage to you. So that's not one of the best ones to see. Um, and then, as you already mentioned, like research station can be bad depending on who you're facing. 
because we already listed off some affiliations that are probably advantaged on research station against black order. Yeah. Um, then as far as like secures, uh, one of the things would be like gamma. Uh, if you're facing um, gamma wave Wakanda or you're facing criminal syndicate, uh, that can be sort of a, a tough matchup. And then of course uh, the big new one is sword. Um, and there have been tons of podcasts on why, like, why sword would be bad for black order. But mainly it's like 14, so you're not able to take everything that you want. And then the push in the power phase can really displace Corvus or, or Thanos, depending on whichever one is optimal for your opponent to stop you from having, of basically having the best turn that you can with priority. Hmm, interesting. Uh, so both of those, so interesting you brought up Gamma because you, you're running Gamma. So is that certain matchups that you just would uh, absolutely not run Gamma, assuming that you got given secures and discarded something else and it was one of your options? Let's say you discard Demons. Do you tend to lean on Extremists in, the, in those situations? Yeah, so into, into like Heavy Control, into Criminal Syndicate, um, I would go Extremists. Um, and again, that it's nice because a lot of the teams that have control have a lot of like defensive tech. So like you have like Wakanda, you have bodyguard from Shuri, you have the reroll but I mean no, excuse me, you have the reroll bubble from Shuri, you have the bodyguard from Okoye. Yeah, yeah. And if they're having to split them up to cover the, the secures, then you can sort of bypass sort of that part of those characters' kits. Mm -hmm. um, the same thing with um, sort of like web warriors with um, lethal protector and lifesaver is if they're off on different points, then you're basically making it so that those aren't as effective at stopping you from attacking other models. Hmm. You mentioned sword uh, and how you feel that's kind of a problem for Black Order. Has that changed your view of when to pick extracts and when to pick secures then? Because kind of the received wisdom with Black Order would be take extracts, take scrolls or alien ship, profit. Yes. So there are certain matchups in which I would prefer to take um, secures and sword is basically at the, at the top of the list mm -hmm. where you just don't want your opponent to, to be able to pick that into you. Um, particularly with the sort of the roster that I have. Now, one of the things that you can do is you can actually bring sort of a bespoke sword um, five wide squad. Mm -hmm. um, and so basically you, you'll be threatening your opponent. If you drop sword into me, I'm going to have a five wide squad that has tons of control that probably gives me the advantage for that. So you sort of, um, in Black Order, you saw that um, Finger Guns in the finals did this with a leaderless A-Force roster mm -hmm. yep um where is basically hey i'm gonna drop this with um the tactics card that stops uh, their characters from being pushed by enemy effects stored domination yeah yes and so with that you're able to in five wide with medusa with valkyrie and it's actually a scary thing to go into if if you have priority and you pick sword because they have last activation with a ton of control effects yeah, I can see that. I mean, he had um, to make other compromises in his roster construction then, didn't he, in order to fit that, those five characters, a lot of which wouldn't normally kind of have a place in Black Order roster. 
Yeah, so um, for, he had to swap out Zemo for uh, Valkyrie, which is actually fine. I've ran um, both Valkyrie and Zemo in that three threat slot, and they're both very good. They're, they're sort of different characters that do slightly different things, but generally they both work really well in, in Black Order. Uh, then he had to drop the the uh, power gem, but the power gem is just there for um, sixteen threat for sixteen threat in the specific situation that you that your opponent is going to be running low enough model counts that you want to keep priority as much as possible. Mm. Um, and then he dropped Loki because Loki was in there pretty uh, very basically mostly for the Black Order mirror. Yeah, so, yeah. so you basically take out a lot of those um, pieces that have very, very specific niches uh, for, and you basically replace them with stuff that has a very specific niche of a sword. Which, I mean, a lot of people are running sword. It's the second most popular secure, I think, in the top 18. So I think, in retrospect, that was a good meta call. Uh, do you feel maybe you'd change your roster to be more like that uh, with hindsight? Um, No. Um, so basically, was I was discussing with uh, Finger Guns uh, before the final rosters were, were due about what are the sort of different options. And this sort of goes back to why I started playing Black Order, is that I really wanted to play Black Order because I wanted to play these super cool models that were really elite, and you're just trying to take on the opponent with these very few models. And so while I actually think that the correct competitive choice is to do some sort of bespoke five wide squad i don't really want to play that and mm -hmm. so what i did is i looked into said okay how can i playing sort of the stuff that i want to play which would be thanos corvus this really small sort of elite uh, sort of squad how can i best sort of tech myself for sword yeah that's fair and i guess uh, you're in the top four and he's not so that that speaks volumes uh, not necessarily. Um, because a lot of the times when it gets to you're placing, you're facing really good people. A lot of it comes down to uh, matchups. Yeah, and it's, it's it nice, also it's small margins. It's positioning errors. It's there's a huge number of things. That was that was very challenging. Yeah. yeah, and it, particularly when you're playing things like scroll or um, ship, there yeah. are certain situations where it just out of just pure chance, somebody really bad gets that, and it can just make the game really really hard. Yeah, I think we saw that in the game Finger Guns Lost. I think uh, Venom picked up the, I forget if it was an alien ship or a scroll, but managed to get it on round one, and that completely changed the shape of the game. Yeah, so it, it comes a lot more to that than necessary rosters. So in, like he didn't have the opportunity to sort of try the different sword stuff. And so I would be very hesitant to say that I made the right <laughs> call. <laughs> that's that's a, very, a very humble way of expressing it. Um, I wanted to touch briefly on what you think is your nemesis. So what is the thing, maybe the crises, we, we talked a little bit about crises, but maybe about the affiliation or the character selection that makes you go, oh, okay, this is going to be a rough ride. So again, it sort of comes down to a lot of um, defensive tech. So the more defensive tech that people have, such as like Lifesaver or Bodyguard, the more difficult it is for me to play um, the Black Order game plan. That kind of circle, so, I'm going to yeah, scalp out that model. If you can prevent that, that exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
And so what that does is, as sort of seen in, in the last game I played against Roran, it basically, if you have that, or for, in his case, he also had um, all according to plan. If you have some sort of these defensive tech or these pieces that sort of counter the all-in that Blackwater wants to do, then you really just sort of have to shift your entire game plan and and play very differently from how you would if your opponent didn't have those pieces. That is a very high-level skill, that ability to kind of read a list and then completely change your game plan, almost spin on a dime and go a completely different way with this list which you're used to playing in a certain way. Yeah, is that... Is that it's just, yeah, I see that as... I, I saw you doing it in that game and you just completely changed what you were doing with your Black Order rather than going the beatdown. You're focusing on, yeah, I'm going to score VPs, I'm going to try and brace, and, and you won on turn four, which is... Turn 16 VPs, turn four, that's not a usual way for Black Order to win. Uh, yeah, so what's interesting is I've actually won that way on cubes uh, quite often. Um, because there are, there are different options that Black Order has um, if uh, on cubes, particularly if they have priority. Mm -hmm. um, because like Thanos can actually pick up three cubes uh, <laughs> turn one if you have priority. And so there are very interesting plays that you can do on cubes that have allowed me to sort of win on that a particular particular scenario. However, what that does is that forces you to play again very differently because generally what Thanos likes to do is he likes to basically push people back while your other people are scoring. And what happens is if Thanos is the person with all the extracts and he's taking damage from the cubes, it basically forces you to play a lot safer with Thanos. And so this can be very difficult if your opponent has ways to reach Thanos. Um, so if they're playing like Brotherhood and they have like Asteroid M, uh, or they uh, they have like Tactical Analysis or Climbing Gear, things like that. Special or if they have like Enchantress who can move him. Yeah. And so those sorts of things are 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 possible. And so you really have to be careful when you play Thanos like that. And so like one of the times that I've done that is, um, again, was a different game with um, cubes into Criminal Syndicate. Whereas facing, this happened, I think, uh, in the previous league, so season season four league, I placed, faced Criminal Syndicate. And he didn't really have any control. Mm. And so I was just able to say, okay, you are sl you're a slow roster. You don't have any control. Thanos can just pick up all the cubes he wants. You're never going to get to him. I'm yeah. going to use med pack to keep him alive for, for this game. And I'm just going to have uh, Corvus attack models, anything that's going to get close to Thanos. Yeah, kind of yeah, being, being Thanos' wingman. Brilliant. Um is there anything you'd like to add right at the end there? Anything that you feel our listeners should know about Black Order or your, or your run or any people you'd like, like to thank? Yeah, I mean, the biggest people I'd like to thank, I said, are like Morgan Reed, a utility cookie and finger guns, who really were instrumental in allowing me to learn Black Order. So they were always available to sort of, if I asked a question on the MCP Discord um, or messaged them, they were always really nice and sort of helping me sort of learn how to not only play MCP, but also play Black Order. And so uh, that was one thing. And basically to add to that is that I would like to try to be available just like they were. So if anyone that is sort of listening wants to learn more about Black Order, uh, you can message me. 
Um, I would recommend though, uh, before messaging me, sort of look at our articles because I think those answer a lot of the frequently asked questions. Yep. Um, and so I, I would rather not sort of necessarily repeat the same thing to everyone if it's, it's already written down. But if in addition to that, people have any questions, they can just message me on, on Discord or go into the Black Order um, channel on the MCB Discord and I'll be super happy to try and help. Amazing. Well, good luck into the, the top four and I uh, look forward to seeing you championing Black Order for many, many days to come. Thank you very much. Hello and welcome to the second of our top four interviews. And with me today, I have Frederick from Sweden. Frederick, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Uh, and you made it into the top four with Brotherhood. So tell me, what was it that first drew you to Brotherhood? Yeah, I'd say it was uh, Magneto. <laughs> it's just uh, an excellent character and it's uh, he's fun to play with. He can do, do a lot. Uh, brilliant. Uh, is there... Do you find yourself ever using Mystique's leadership? Um, not that often, uh, but there have, have been games when I halfway through the game felt that this would have been a great game for her leadership. So I think I need to learn to identify when to use it better because I think there are certainly games where it would be good. So can you give me an example of one of those games? What sort of setup or what sort of opponent were you looking at? Uh, I think it was a Black Order game uh, where he takes out Magneto very fast anyway. Yep. It, 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 it still might be worth playing with Magneto, but uh, I don't I don't think I can keep him on the board for that long. And if it's a spread out scenario, then it's probably better for me to just be able to leave a point uh, and run around and have him try to go there just to get the point back and not have a character there. Mm. Yeah, okay. Um... We've talked about that on the Danger Room previously, about the possibility of against Black Order Brotherhood running wide with just Mystique's leader and leaving Magneto at home. So maybe something to yeah, experiment with. Yeah, that would also, of course, be an option if you have a list that actually can do it. <laughs> Which, yeah, your list, you've got a whole bunch of uh, of cheap characters. You've got uh, four, five threes and two twos. So, yeah, you can go really wide if you want to. Yeah. Is that uh, something that you've got much experience with, with this roster, going wide, you know, we're talking about sort of five wide on sword, that kind of thing? Um, no, not a lot. I usually play Magneto, Mystique and Toad as the core, mm -hmm. but uh, I wanted to have the option of, uh, of going wide if I felt that my opponent forces me into it, or if I see a good opportunity to do it. So there's a couple of, uh, give, I think that's a, kind of the standard core because those characters have been around for a while. Have you found Quicksilver has been managing to get much table time? No, not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many other good characters, so I have trouble getting them in the list. <laughs> okay, yeah. So there's a few others I wanted to ask you about in your roster. One of them is Sabretooth. Sure. So yep. is he there for a particular matchup or a particular reason or just as a four-threat-affiliated character? Yeah, it's mostly to have a four-threat and... Uh, as you say, it's about it's about going wide, so it's that enables me to go, I think six wide on seventeen. Because uh, so you need mostly for that four affiliated characters for that. Yeah, yeah. Another option would have been to go Taskmaster instead, uh, but I, yeah. I went with Sabretooth. I think Sabretooth's got some decent play in certain matchups. He can be quite a yeah. pain for Wakanda to deal with, for example. Sure. Uh, another kind of odd one is Iron Fist, because you're also toting Heroes for Hire, so I've, I'm interested to hear what your <laughs> thinking was on putting that in your roster. 
Um, yeah, that's uh, as an option into possibly Black Order. Mm -hmm. uh, and and also I think it's an excellent card and uh, felt that uh, it might be worth trying out. Uh, yes, I've not had the opportunity to do it yet, so I don't really know if it's that good, <laughs> but yeah. Sure. Um, you've also got Sacrifice. Is that another piece of Black Order tech? Yeah, I, yeah, it is. Okay. So how do you, what does your list look like then into, into that matchup? We've mentioned it a couple of times and it's one that I think uh, Brotherhood finds quite difficult. So what, what's your game plan when you, if you know you're going up against a Black Order player? Um, I played two games against Black Order in the, um, in the league before mm -hmm. the cut. Yep. And, and I lost the first one and I managed to win the second one. Uh, and uh, I, my game plan is more or less to uh, try to control his pieces uh, to, to avoid him getting too many attacks into me and then just more or less run around <laughs> and score, score the secures if I can. And then depending on the extracts, uh, you need to get a bit lucky and get the extract at the right time with the right character. Um, but uh, I think I needed some characters that have some kind of defensive tech against Black Order, and I just choose Iron Fist, Okoye, and Ghost Spider just to, to have some some options there, uh, depending on what I what I feel like. Uh huh. Yeah. So they've all got ways things things that Black Order don't want to see ways of redirecting attacks or making attacks miss. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um. You've got all you've got. Is that always making your roster every game? Yeah, more or less. <laughs> and is it normally Magneto that it ends up playing, being played on? Uh, Magneto or Medusa are the most common ones. Um, I, I have been using it on Magneto with his last games, and I have failed miserably <laughs> with him. So, so I think I should learn to do it in the right at the right time with the right character more. Uh, I've used it on Magneto when fighting Medusa, and Magneto really don't want to hit her. And yeah, it's been bad experience just looking at your tactics cards you've got a whole load of sort of auto includes because you're nearly always going to run asteroid m you're nearly always going to run all you've got every time you play magneto you want to bring climbing gear to get him back into position so that's kind of three of your tactics cards are pretty much always takes and i haven't even mentioned bit of rivals yet which is, is a great card <laughs> so it's almost yeah. like it's almost four cards that are every time and then you've got this kind of tension of choosing between field dressing or heroes for hire or deception or you know sacrifices of tech pieces against particular matchups yeah yeah how do you how do you choose um well i'd say climbing gear is, is there as you say for magneto primarily and it's it depends on the scenario if we're playing demons downtown then maybe i don't choose climbing gear or also depending on the terrain if there's a size five that i think uh, will mess with my movement, and I think climbing gear is a good card. So um, otherwise, maybe I can choose something else. Or if I think that my opponent's going to be able to force me to fight in the middle, then I will probably go with bit rivals instead. So I'd say those two are say bit rivals if it's a if, if I think we're fighting in the middle or climbing gear oh, okay. spread out. And that gives you space to take uh, two cards then. So you take maybe Deception and Field Dressing as standard and sub in here as far as I Yeah, okay. That, I, I yeah. can see that. That More makes sense. sense. You mentioned Demons, which is kind of received wisdom is good for Brotherhood, but it's not in your secure list. Why did you leave it out? No, I don't like just uh, 
fighting. Uh, I think it leaves too much up to the dice to just go in there in the middle and, and fight it out. There are too many lists that have, I'd say, an equally good characters uh, to, to just... Uh, and I don't get that much out of Astrodam if I play Demons. Mm, that's, that's true, I guess. I mean, maybe you don't mind playing it round one as much on uh, Demons has been my experience. You're very happy to get an early Magneto to start doing the work and get that yeah. attrition advantage. Sure. But, sure. but I can totally see your point. You don't get that sort of, you don't have that need for the mobility around the board as much. So uh, instead, you've got all sorts. Now, you've got Sword in there. What's your team on 14 on Sword? Um, yeah, I think that depends a lot on, on my opponent. Um, mm -hmm. I think I played Sword in one of my games in the cut, uh, I think, in the mm -hmm. first one. And But it wasn't 14. I think we played right. another threat level. So, so I played more or less one of my more standard setups. Uh, on 14, uh, I can either go five wide with Mystic Toad, uh, Quicksilver as an eight-point core, mm -hmm. and then either Ghost Spider, Iron Fist, or Medusa Koi, I'd say. Uh, okay. Or yeah, or maybe yeah. Lock okay, Your so Ghost going, Spider instead. Going wide rather uh, than trying to force that Magneto in there. Yeah, it's possible to go with Magneto as well, but it would have to be the, the right opponents to be for me to be comfortable doing it. Hmm. Another interesting crisis selection is Deadly Legacy Virus Cured. What's been your experience with that? Um, I actually haven't played it a lot. Uh, it's it's mostly there because I think uh, Toad at least has the opportunity to, <laughs> to try and get the uh, the cures from my other characters. So it's like uh, a threat for the opponent if if you yeah he needs to deal with that problem at least. And yeah, he's probably going to commit more than two threats to dealing with Toad. Yeah. So maybe exactly. it allows you to apply your threat pressure in other places. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I don't have a lot of experience on that one either, but I, I saw it in there and I'm like, oh, okay, is there is there some clever tech in there? But um, I like the idea just just yeah, using Toad to draw fire, which means that your bigger big hitters aren't getting as much fire. Yeah. Do you find then, you talked a little bit, it's come across that maybe your playstyle isn't quite so much Magneto blows up the world as mine was when I was playing Brotherhood. Do you try and play more of a control brotherhood rather than a aggro brotherhood? Yes, absolutely. I I much prefer uh, trying to play a control style, uh, and I, I really enjoy going in with Magneto at the right time. But I will not run him forward and just try to destroy everything at the start. So uh, when when it's the right time, I think it's good to use him. Uh... So, yeah, because with the affiliated characters you've got, Magneto's got that push if he's attacking outside of range two. But Toad, and Toad's got a wild push, but this doesn't feel like reliable control. And Mystique currently control <laughs> effect is deception. So yep. uh, is most of the control coming from your out of affiliation characters then? Yeah, I'd say it's, yeah, as you say. But still, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's actually, it's enough in a lot of games. Not if you, It's not extreme control. It's not Wakanda. It's not uh, Web Warriors, but it's still uh, a fair bit of control. And if you add in... Uh, go spider lock your Medusa in there yeah. somewhere. Then yeah. you have more movements for yourself and more control of the opponents. So then suddenly it turns into, I think, enough to actually have that play mm. Um 
What do you feel is your strongest threat level with this build? What kind of, what's your favorite team? Um, yeah, I'd say I like paying 18 points, uh, or at least the higher threat levels. Uh, mm -hmm. So you can get Medusa in there? Yeah, more or less. 17, 18 are probably the best ones, or 19 is fine. Well, that explains a lot of your crises because you've got most of your crises are 17, 18, 19, and then you've got a uh, 14 in each, um, which I, I guess that's part of your Black Order tech, right? Yeah, Black Order, and also, yeah, just depending on the opponent's list. Some opponents really don't want to see low threat, and then it's good to have one as an option, I think. Yeah, Asgard's another good example, isn't it? That they don't particularly want to go low. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, we talked about Black Order. Are there any other games where you found you feeling like you're having to battle uphill to, to get the victory? I actually haven't faced uh, Wakanda at all. <laughs> uh, yep. Okay. <laughs> so I, I think that could be tough, but I, I don't know. I would really like to face him and see uh, what it's like. <laughs> uh, with, with I have faced him, of course, but not with Brotherhood. Uh, sure. So, yeah. I mean, Received Wisdom uh, is that's a tricky matchup for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just the high physical defense and all the rerolls. Yep, it's not, it's, it can be, can be difficult. Uh, I'm just looking through a list, and I don't see any. You know, it's like we talked. We mentioned Sabretooth. Maybe he comes in in there and has some decent game into them. Yeah, yeah, he's an option into Wakanda, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and deception can be quite effective against them too, actually. Pulling out yeah, one of okay. their characters, and, and kind of scalping them out a bit. That yeah. can be good. And just, um, you know, high threats as well. Sometimes their builds on high threats can be a little bit less less inspiring than on low threats. So you've got a, a bit in there with maybe Deadly Legacy Virus to get a 19. Yeah, I think maybe Iron Fist as well with uh, Heroes for Hire to mess up an attack and place him in a tricky position could be good. Ah, uh, yeah, and get that placement effect. So you're, if he gets displaced, yeah. No, I like that. That seems good. Um, I want to talk quickly about Magneto and his constructs, because I think that's one of the high skill elements of running a Brotherhood list well. How do you find yourself using your constructs most of the time? Um, yeah, if I play against an opponent that has a lot of pushes, or then I try to use them as backstops, of course. Uh, that's mm -hmm. the kind of easiest thing to consider. And otherwise, I mainly try to focus on not placing them where my opponent can throw them on me. Uh, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes I place them so that uh, I myself move outside of the range of them, and then uh, it becomes a problem because you really want to get rid of uh, at least one of them so you still get to place it, and I, I've failed doing that a couple of times. Uh, but um, yeah, I think they are really flexible and, and good to use. Uh, I probably should be using them more for cover, and that's something I've not been doing. And, mm. uh, yeah. yeah, because you're not toting uh, magnetic refraction. Was it in consideration magnetic refraction? Not really. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've tried playing with it, but I, I just now I can't uh, get it to work. It's uh, too often that I don't get the activations in the right order, or uh, that my opponent has priority and just does something that makes it not worth it. Uh, and it's yeah. Cost two power and yeah no, it, it's it's a good card but I just haven't gotten it to work, and it m might be have to do with that I want to play the spread out scenarios more. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it's definitely better on those tight tight scenarios. Um, 
yeah, again, just looking, you've got two pay to flips. Are you thinking you're going to get some kind of power advantage in the early rounds based off Magneto's leadership? Is that part of the part of the plan there? Yes, that's that's one thing that uh, for some teams it's really problematic when you both need to get the extracts and pay for the secures. And uh, and also I like being able to uh, control a secure and leave it and to kind of put the force of Magneto to bear and not having him stand on a point. Standing on a point for him is terrible, so you just want to take it and move on. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. And Quicksilver does really well, I've found, running between those points. Yeah. Well, it's just struck me, actually, you haven't got Scarlet Witch in here. Was that... <laughs> no. Is there a reason for that? Just not enough space? Yeah, or? yeah more or less. Um, I played her in the second half of the league, uh, and I played one game with her, uh, and I haven't played her at all other than that. So uh, I just felt that I have almost no practice with her, and <laughs> if I want to play Magneto and Scarlet Witch, it's just it's just too many points. I think then you need to go for the tight scenarios and just fight. Uh, mm. So I think she's just too expensive for me to, to really use. I kind of regret, regret not having her because there are some matchups where she's really good. But um, yeah. Yeah, again, that mystic attack into Wakandans can be useful. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, okay, so you've got Web Warriors coming up as your semi-final. Have you got any thoughts about that matchup and how... How you how you're going to use your team to try and get an advantage? Yeah, I think I think that's going to be uh, it's, it's a tricky matchup. I think it's they are also they are of course really good at controlling. So I think mm -hmm. I run the risk of him out controlling my pieces. So I'm I'm just uh, I'm considering if I if I can play Medusa Loki or or if if he's just going to webline them, them into bad positions and then I don't get that much value out of them so I, um, yeah I haven't really decided how to go in that game yet <laughs> and uh, I think it's I think it's a it's a difficult game for me uh, depending on on the scenarios uh, but I, I look forward to it and see what happens yeah no it, uh, it's fantastic uh, just achievement uh, getting into the top four so congratulations on that yeah. um, how much practice do you do um, sort of maybe after you made the cut how many practice games do you manage to get in or how much time do you spend thinking about the matchups yeah i think a bit uh or think a lot about it and i have a, a good friend niklas uh, who i talk talk through the matchups with him but i don't actually get almost any practice games in i have had i had one game before the cabal game to to play against the sin list just to see what sin was like uh, mm -hmm. Other than that, I haven't played any practice games at all uh, since the league started. I've only played the, the league games. So. Oh, crikey. So you've, um, yeah, just natural raw talent. <laughs> no, but uh, as you say, I think about it and try to consider what options I have. But yeah, I don't have that much time to actually get games in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, looking back, are there any changes you'd make to this roster, knowing what you know now about the other, other teams you're seeing in the top cut? Mm. Yeah, when I saw that there were five Wakanda, I felt that maybe I should have teched more against them. But but then Pat is just eliminating them all, so so it's yeah. fine, I think. Yeah, and so, um, no, I'm pretty happy with it actually. Yeah, and uh, I found Brotherhood to be very strong into um, defenders' portals. Throwing stuff at Doctor Strange makes him go away pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, so. That, that, you know, most people are 
riding Dodge Pat, you seem to be riding Dodge Wakanda, which you know is a, is a bold strategy <laughs> in the top cut. You know, we, we knew there was going to be lots of them. Yeah. If you, if you did come up against like a Wakanda Wave 15, how would you play that one? Um, so Gamma, Gamma 15, and you've, let's say you've not got priority, so you're without priority. Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um... I'm not sure what I can. Actually, I don't think I have that good an answer into it. I think, uh, yeah, if I would do just the first thing that comes to mind, it would be probably to play, still play Magneto Mystic and Toad, uh, and possibly Sabretooth, Toad or Medusa. And I think I would have to rely on Magneto doing a lot of work with Astrodam and just try to be uh, fairly aggressive. Mm. Uh, but I'm not sure if that actually holds up or not yeah i think it's a tricky matchup i think you're the kind of two ways to beat them are to really fast attrition them and so around one asteroid m is definitely something that can work yeah i think kind of the other option is to go wide because if you don't have priority you can take the last activation and so playing your core of uh, mystique quicksilver toad and then yeah maybe something like medusa ghost spider to round it out that feels pretty good yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that would be another option. If, if I wanted to go with Mystic's leadership, that would be a good option. And maybe that's a better plan because then I can... I'm not sure I can keep them away from the back, my, my own back objective, but otherwise I could place a Mystic token on there and just go forward with them uh, and uh, well, even see if, you if don't, I can... Even if you keep someone back, like Toad's yeah, on sure. the back objective, that's not, that's not an awful plan for him to do. Um, you've got Qu Quicksilver threatening his back objective. That can be pretty, yes. pretty spicy. And Ghost Spider as well yeah. is, is good for that. Yeah, and Mystic uh, with Deception could possibly, depending on how many characters he leaves there, he, he can use Deception to... Yeah, I mean, away, Deception so. is, sure. is actually really powerful because it means they can't play the game they normally want of um, putting someone to relatively early up on that middle point unsupported. They have to change the way they unpack in round one, which will slow down yeah. their scoring as well. So, yeah, no, I, I think actually that's, that might have some legs, that team. I think Deception really is it's a... Just a very strong card, uh, just for that effect, just for making opponents kind of not being able to place a character just in the middle. So, yeah. Brilliant. Well, um, good luck, Frederick, in your matchups going forward. And uh, if people wanted to talk Brotherhood, how would they get in contact with you? Yeah, just, just uh, write to me on, on Discord and, and I'll <laughs> be happy to talk to anyone. Uh, what's your Discord username? So it's slightly different from your. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's kind of tricky. It's F Bastet, but it's it's also Frederick B in parentheses after. So maybe you can. <laughs> I don't know if you can search on Frederick B still and get it. Awesome. Well, good luck in your rounds going forward. And uh, yeah, Rep and Brotherhood. Always good to see. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the third of the top four interviews. And with me, I have Mike DeLuca. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? How's, how's it going, Jacob? I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> Good. Uh, now you're playing Wakanda. So uh, apart from the obvious, what draws you to Wakanda? So I wanted to play X-Men at the start of the season, but Domino wasn't out. Um, and I was like, all right, well, I had lost to Mark Garreau in the one-day team tournament to Asgard. He played Asgard, and I was playing Brotherhood, and I was like, ooh, Asgard seems real good. Mm -hmm. So I was playing Asgard, and then I was like, well, the natural fit for lower for lower threat counts is Wakanda. So 
just kind of stuck to those just because I couldn't play X-Men in the way that I wanted. Um, sure. Stuck to it that way. So. Um, and so why did the Asgard get cut? I actually just hate Thor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he lets me down pretty much every game I play him in. Uh, even even Angela lets me down, surprisingly. Uh, I've had not great success with like the Angela like runaway plays that like mm-hmm. Pat kind of popularized. Um, don't yeah. love it. Um, it feels like a lot of investment for your five threat. And I guess that goes some way to explain why she hasn't made your Wakanda roster. Yeah, I was just like, see ya. Like, I'm, I'm good on Angela. Like, I don't, I don't really need this to win. Um, I had, well, I can get into my other, I mean, Angela's probably like the 11th character mm-hmm. for my list, but obviously we only have 10, right? For and sure. it's mostly because of Sword. Like, if I didn't need the other two threat, Angela would be in the list. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it was Travis who went the other way, didn't he? He didn't have the other two threat, and he has got Angela. So just interesting some of the decision points in a Wakanda roster building process. Yep. So, yeah, I opted to cut Wakanda, or cut, Wakanda, cut, cut Asgard. Uh, I was like, I can just uh-huh. play Wakanda every game anyway. I'm just, yeah. If it's my style, they're consistent. Okay, so... Um, Here's one I've got for you then. You're not running Mono Wakanda without uh, Killmonger in there or potentially Storm. So if someone drops 20 threat on you, what do you do? So I have two options. I can play point down with Mm -hmm. like Murdoch and Scarlet. Yep. Or I can play unaffiliated, which uh, six wide unaffiliated actually has shown to be pretty good. Um. Uh, something like the Wakanda wave plus Scarlet mm-hmm. with like Ryan and Valkyrie. Yeah. So I, I don't, I'm like, I, I just wanted to have Medusa instead of Killmonger. Like I just, I don't like Killmonger that much. And I don't, mm-hmm. Medusa just brings so much more to the table and like, she just annihilated in my game against Pat. Like if I didn't, if I had Killmonger in that spot, <laughs> it <laughs> felt a lot worse. Yeah. I can see that. Um, you've got some other things that, I mean, we talked a little bit before we started recording about the article I wrote, and you said I had a sense of, I didn't quite get what you were doing with your roster, so I think this is a great time to try and dig into some of those, because I Mm -hmm. suspect I wasn't the only one. Um, so let's go to secures. Gamma makes sense, sword, 14 threat makes sense. What's the deal with portals overrun city with spider people? So spider portals was just in an effort to have something against black order. Um, I haven't tested it. Um, unfortunately, getting reps against Black Order is extremely difficult because only like four people play them at a high level. <laughs> yeah. um, so it was just kind of a hunch. I was like, well, Extremis sucked because you have to stand on it, and they even like Extremis. Um, so I was like, well, maybe if it's spread and I can flip them and then concentrate on you know, the fight, then yeah. probably better. Plus, they don't like 18 points, but um, I don't know mm-hmm. if I take I probably am taking secures against Black Order anyway. I know they want to take extracts. It's kind of counterintuitive, but uh, That's I, interesting. Think I, I think I yeah. outfight them most of the time. Hmm. Okay. Uh, was there any thought of Criminal Syndicate there as well? Uh oh, for why I pick spider portals? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't think about criminals. Uh, I guess Johan was the only criminals player in the cut, right? Um. I think I think there were two. But. 
I guess yeah. Suzumi was playing. Yeah, that's true. But he he opts he likes to play nine point Thanos. He has a lot of roster concessions to fit yep. Thanos. For sure. Um, the other one that kind of jumps out at me as being a bit weird is the mutant extremist target U.S. senators. Is that there just because it's fourteen threat? Yeah, I don't love the crisis itself. It's just for the threat value in a world where like I want to take extracts against Black Order. I wanted a fourteen threat option. Um, yep, that seems seems good. So kind of teching a bit there, and I guess you've got a bit of wriggle room with uh, two great extracts for Wakanda in the Spider Infected in the cube. Yeah, I actually don't like cubes into Black Order that much. Um, mm. Spider Infected is a great extract for Wakanda. Um, they like pretty much everything about it. Um, cubes they like as well. It's just it's harder against Black Order because Thanos can just grab all the cubes, or Proxima can grab all the cubes. Or it's like, you know, they have to divide it with spiders. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So then on to characters. We've, we've touched already on lack of uh, lack of Killmonger and taking Medusa in that slot instead. What's the thinking behind Black Widow over someone like Toad, for example? Yeah, so I've thought about that. And I like Widow's long move. Um, and stealth is can be okay. And I guess martial artist. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I thought there was going to be like some ranged gunners, like, you know, a Koye and stuff like that. I mean, but I also, Widow also has two energy defense. Um, I think the main thing is that when I was measuring things out, Toad can't get between uh, sword councils in one move. Um, he can interact with, he can like move, interact because of the range two, I think. He might yeah. just be out on that as well. I'd have to double check. Um, but Widow can get between them in one move. Okay, so you're like on the inside of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I, I can see that. Um, so she's she's only in there for that one specific crisis. Yeah, I'm pretty. I mean, I guess I could play her with if I wanted to play Enchantress and Gamma with fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yep, I could do that as well. Um, Enchantress is just proving to be insane, basically yeah. everywhere. Turns out she's pretty good. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. yeah, is that? How what would make you push towards the Enchantress setup rather than the Valkyrie Ghost Spider setup on a Wakanda Wave? Uh, probably if I was playing like criminals on Gamma, they have like a lot of in a world where they bring like Fisk and Lizard and and like even maybe even Omega. Um, this is a lot of like Valkyrie can't interact with any of those guys, so I probably would just opt for Enchantress. I feel like I just auto lose to criminals if they get the right secure if I'm not playing Enchantress. Hmm. They're a huge, she's a huge problem for them right now. Yeah, I can see that. Um, some tactics cards then. You've gone sort of belt and braces with escort to safety and sacrifice. Now, are they both Black Order tech or is there other matchups you like them into? Uh, mostly Black Order. Um, you can even do some cool things with on like Wakanda Wave with escort. Like if you walk Shuri up, and she shoots somebody, rolls a skull, she goes to three power, then that turns on escort, and you can like pull your Valkyrie out or your Ghost Spider out of the middle if you need to pile mm-hmm. on. Um, so that can be helpful for like a yo-yo type of situation. It just like denies your opponent's activations. Yep. Um, so Moving away from your roster a little bit, how have you found playing Wakanda? 
Have they been fun affiliation to play? Well, I am like a blue magic player. When I used to play magic, I'm like uh -huh. the, I'm the kind of person that just like didn't mind people playing counter spells, and that was just the kind of game I like to play. Uh, Wakanda feels very much like you're playing kind of like chess, where it's like, all right, I do this, you do this, I do this, and you just this is the end. Um, feels really rewarding that way. I can see why people don't like that, <laughs> and I think it's just because the rest of the models don't do that. Um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of the models be consistent like Wakanda, but I digress. <laughs> um, how big an impact has the the reroll change had on you know both on their sort of power level and their ability to, to manage their power effectively, but also on the length of the game? Just getting your experience on that would be interesting. Uh. Length of the game, not too bad, I don't think. I, I'm not, I don't know. I don't typically sit there. Like, I can. I feel like I can figure out whether I want to reroll pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely hurts offense more than anything because you have less information. Like, I play a lot of X-Men and Beast, and Beast feels mostly the same. Yep. Um, MODOK feels significantly worse because um, you want to push damage through on his offense, and you just can't do that as well anymore. Um, I guess if you play like a offensive style Wakanda, it could feel worse. Um, well, that's interesting because you, you've kind of got an offensive style Wakanda setup. You've got both Scarlet Witch and Modok for that really sort of uh, strong Mystic Nineteen threat team, and you've got all you've got as one of your restricted cards. So that that looks like a more of an offensive setup to me. Is that maybe not the case then, where you're actually playing it? Uh, I did opt for that. I had watched. Travis's game against Jonah and Travis played that 19 and I was like holy crap like he's just literally killing Black Order <laughs> I was like this might just be the way forward um, so I, I was like this seems pretty good to me and like Angela doesn't do anything against Black Order I feel like like they minus one on all the throws anyway uh, yeah. her runaway plays don't do anything no nope. uh, so it's like why am I bringing Angela <laughs> like I just I need to bring guns, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can see that. And then all you've got over I don't know maybe med pack or brace. Yeah, so I was playing med pack and brace through the whole Swiss portion. Mm -hmm. um, I think brace is really really good if you play against a lot of Brotherhood or Asgard, and it's not that great otherwise. Um, and then med pack is pretty good on panther because he's so tanky um mm -hmm. obviously if you run into like the mystic attackers or defenders or something it loses a value but after playing a lot of games it just felt like all you've got and field dress just win games they just give you more activations med pack and brace don't typically um, yeah yeah i think that's probably true the things you tend to spend them on often end up dying anyway yeah it's like I, like maybe there's like some merit with med pack with like spiders and black order because they have like defensive tech but yeah mm. i feel like dress just wins games yeah i think that's definitely true it's, it's the card that i've fallen into the the trap of more often than any other card i think yeah do you feel like wakanda is 
significantly above the power curve of the other factions, or do you think it's close enough to, and it's been sort of over-exaggerated by people on the internet? Yeah, so I actually don't think they're that out of line. Um, I say this as the guy who's playing them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really don't. Like, I've played against Wakanda, and it's fine. Uh, I don't know. I just... They have, like, weakness. Like, obviously, Panther hates Mystic Attacks. Slows are really bad. Dogpiling Shuri is pretty awful. Um, mm -hmm. These secures are not super great either. If you're, if the Wakanda player doesn't have great out-of-affiliation choices. Um, I, I also think Sword is pretty bad for them. <laughs> like, I would have never played into Pat's 14 unaffiliated on Sword with my list. There was no chance I was doing that. Mm. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah they have I don't know they're consistent I think they just do so well because a lot of the top players just choose to play them uh, there's definitely an element of that I think they are also it's the, the reliability isn't it it's the re-rolls to make sure you can get damage when you need it and it's the effects that happen without damage the thing that pushes on Shuri and Panther um, and things like Valkyrie is just great in there for, you know, she can just move up and throw someone. She can double move throw and there's not a lot you can do about it. Yeah, I think Valkyrie is kind of losing some value in the amount of like size three characters being released. Um, That's true, but luckily you can always fall back on a uh, good old Enchantress. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> uh, yeah, she just seems to get better and better and better. And a notable mention to Ghost Spider, who has won me multiple games this season. Yeah, I, I think there was some debate a while ago about sort of Ghost Spider versus Miles, and I, I, I think the community has kind of come down heavily on the side of Ghost Spider. Yeah, I actually was thinking about playing Miles in her slot for the cut, and then I, one of my partner or my sparring partners convinced me off of it, and I was like, yeah, you're right, I should be playing Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> She's pretty good. Yeah. Um, did you ever consider taking Vibranium Shielding? No, uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't, when would I, it just gives me invuln. I actually haven't read the card in forever. It gives yeah. you, you spend power and it gives you invuln in the range of the power you spent. Yeah. Um, no, I just don't know when I would take it. Like you're pretty much taking two restricteds plus Wakanda forever every game. Yeah. R and D is a lot of games. So mm -hmm. that, that leaves like bitter rivals sometimes or the other tech cards, I guess. Um, yeah, it's a hard fit. What matchups do you feel like uh, Wakanda particularly has an uphill battle into? Black Order, probably. I actually think I was approaching it wrong. Um, it's not great. It feels really dicey. It feels like, hey, who can I daze Corvus or does Corvus like whiff? He is close to perfect dice, but there are times where he doesn't kill you. And it's pretty bad for them. Um, I just don't like playing Black Order. It feels like it's a completely different game of MCP and it's warped. And I don't love it. Um, otherwise, I guess defenders can be tough. Um, if you have like bad, bad blocks, Panther can just go down. Yeah, and just the amount of... Uh round one pressure they can bring and the attacks they can make can be enough to sort of start taking out some of your key pieces early. Yeah, I had pretty great defense rolls against Pat. Um, just kept my Panther up. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty thankful for that. 
<laughs> yeah, well, sometimes it's a dice game. Yeah, I'm, I've noticed that playing at the top levels, it feels like it, it comes down to dice and priority more than you would think because both players just don't misplay that much. Yeah, well, mistakes was going to be the one I was going to add, but you're right, the top players tend to be there because they don't make as many mistakes. Right, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe like one mistake will cost you. Um, mm. A lot of times that mistake happens in turn zero. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So, how how much practice games would you typically get in? In maybe like on a typical week, and then specifically in preparation for these top cut games. Oh gosh, so I actually haven't played Wakanda outside of the cut um, <laughs> um, in since the cut started. Um, I've just been playing a lot of X Men uh, <laughs> as far as like games of MCP. I probably play at least 10 a week. I think that's probably why I have such have had good success lately. Um, it's definitely going to be a contributing factor. Yeah, the amount of games I've been able to get has been really helpful. I just have been able to figure out like the power level of certain models and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I feel like I don't really need I didn't need to practice against like Pat, for example, like I, I just needed to like sit down for a little bit, figure out like what I want to do with Pryo, what I want to do without Pryo. That was essentially it. Like I kind of, I know what all of his models want to do. Like I know what his game plan is. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, not fudging deployment and playing well. Yeah, reacting to the situation you find yourself in. Yeah. How often do you find yourself pivoting to uh, sort of attrition from the standard Wakanda control plan? Uh, so it's not my comfort zone, um, but. My game against Pat, I had to do that. I knew mm-hmm. Pat, since he had Pryo, I, I wasn't going to play Senators. Um, and I wasn't going to play... Well, Senators was my backup. I wanted Spider Infected. I got lucky and got it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to play Cubes at all. Defenders is really, really good on Cubes. Um, so I knew Pat wanted to just like take the middle and make me come into him. So in that case, it's, it's another one of those who's the beatdown things where it's like... Here's the game clock. Like I have to start beating his, killing his models to get an advantage here. That's mm-hmm. why I opted for you know Scarlet and Medusa. But has that been a common theme through your games, or is that a more uh, more of a, an outlier? Uh, probably an outlier. Like if you my games against like far, I played Farmer in the second round of the Swiss and. That was like a non-interactive game for like four rounds. <laughs> we just tied every round, and then I like bowed a model with enchanters and went up one point and won. Um, and then against my first cut, my first game in the cut against Leaf, um, I just played like the Wakanda wave was like super uninteractive, like pushing models around and not doing any damage. <laughs> um, so that's my preferred play style. Um, <laughs> not rolling dice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I have been playing a lot of X-Men Attrition with like Medusa Domino, so I think it's helped. Hmm. Do you think any of the new releases that are coming out bring anything to Wakandan roster? Um, I don't know. I don't know who I would swap out of my list at the moment. Mm, it's pretty tight. It is. I think it's, it's because of Sword. If Sword didn't exist, the Black Widow slot frees up to something else. Um... It just really comes down to like, are there better out of affiliation picks? 
I don't know. I don't think anything released so far has been. Maybe the Mystic stuff. Um, but I don't, I don't see Ancient One really replacing Medusa Enchantress. Yeah, well, you kind of hinted that maybe the Valkyrie spot is under some threat. If you're happy to go with the Enchantress plan on Wakanda Wave, then maybe she, maybe that slot frees up. I feel, I, I feel like I don't really want to say that. I, I really love Valkyrie and I think she's great in Wakanda, but maybe that's the next, maybe she's now your 10th character. Yeah, I mean, it feels like when you play Enchantress on Wave, it f you lose Gwen too, and you have to play like a two threat that's almost a throwaway. I mean, maybe play Toad and he's not really a throwaway. He can get the extract that's there and maybe push somebody off. Yeah, I mean, at least he's got the option for a push, yeah. Yeah, so it depends on how, how offensive the opposing wave team is. Uh, criminals can't really do anything when Enchantress bows them constantly. Mm. Power to do anything. But like Spiders has been pretty hard to play against on wave. Like, I, don't, I don't prefer it. Uh, yeah, the that thing of if they can go five wide and they've got control elements then you're and if you win priority you're probably not picking you're taking skills and picking something else yeah exactly i'd rather have something wider i think yeah a lot of people are running sort of demons downtown in that slot because they're like great well i'll i'll force them into something they don't want and i'll i'll have the priority advantage to start the attrition so maybe your portals overrun with spider people is where you go in that kind of that mirror match. Is that is that what you would see? How that um, that turn zero playing out if you won priority in the mirror? Yeah, if I didn't have to in the mirror against Wakanda. Hmm. Yeah, let's say Travis's list or something. Yeah. What would I do if I won prio? Yep. I would probably try to yeah i guess it would be spider portals hopefully i guess the other two are pretty awful for me right um but then again um, but they're even worse if your opponent uh picks them yep 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 i guess i never really thought about it that much i just mm. i i mean i feel like two of your secures have to be something you want to play on uh, yeah i totally agree that the third one you get it when you need it yep um so yeah, I thought about demons, but then it was like, this is awful on Black Order. <laughs> so, yeah, you're not wrong there. Um, but I think there's, I think maybe Gamma's pretty good into Black Order. Uh, I mean, it it, can, it makes for a fast game, if nothing else. Yeah, so I've actually, I don't love playing at 15 points against uh, Black Order. I think it's better. I my my 15s like way too controlly. And mm -hmm. uh, I just I need to be able to fight them, and I can't. Um, what What about if you put Medusa, Black Widow in, or something like that? I mean, maybe. Uh, it's a lot to ask of Medusa pushing through like Invuln <laughs> on all the models. I feel oh, like she's got some some displacement as well. Yeah, she could maybe like throw Thanos into Corvus, which is cool. Um, and if she gets one damage through, then she gets to push him. Right. Yeah, I haven't really tried it that much. Um, mm. I have like no. the threat unaffiliated into black order actually yeah no, i haven't tried that either but i was just kind of amusing on your on your list and saying okay well maybe you can switch up that way but then i have like black widow and she's basically useless um, uh, well i think she grabs an extract and runs away doesn't she and tries to survive and maybe sit on a point once you've seen where corvus is going that she goes somewhere else yeah maybe 
I mean, Gamma, you're taking damage, and they're probably playing like Alien Ship or something, so you can't really go out to the side. Widow's sitting on four health. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 not wonderful. Black Order games rarely go to score anyway. It's just about not dying and being up like barely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got to not die and get far enough ahead that they can't catch you up, which is the right. Trick. So. Yeah, with, with priority, you're probably looking at taking extracts. Um, I actually been thinking about playing secures because I think I just outfight them. I would rather not play on demons <laughs> and get incinerated. Actually, well, if you're going to outfight them, then you just don't stand on the portals, and they go fine. That's that's right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I've and also found they take a lot of damage to gamma, gamma damage because yeah. it gets pushed off so much. Yeah. So. Yeah, and uh, with demons, you can push them on so they get incinerated. And yeah, they get a VP, but then, well, like we talked about, it's probably not going to points. So, yeah, it's not the end of the world to go down to Black Order like a couple points, first couple rounds if you if you can actually like kill their models. Yeah, if you get some good positioning or some good attrition work into them. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Awesome. Um, what about if people have Wakanda-based questions? Where would they uh, get a hold of you to? fire out and uh, take advantage of your expertise oh man <laughs> um you can just message me on the discord um my name is my name on discord um be happy to answer any questions um i had uh, your discord oh, handle's slightly different isn't it what's your discord oh uh, so my name if you at me on the tts discord it will come up with my name mm -hmm. okay cool but my, my discord username is different but that shouldn't matter cool uh, I guess it depends which server you're on. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time and good luck in your match against Ulysses. And uh, maybe we'll see you in the final. Yeah. Thank you. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of The Danger Room. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something to level up your next game. You can reach out to us on our Discord, Twitter, or Facebook. The links will be in the description. We have a questions channel on our Discord, so feel free to drop us some questions in there and we'll answer them on the show. Thank you for taking the time and listening to us. If you're liking what you hear, leave a rating or comment or even both. We appreciate any feedback to help us grow and become a better group to bring you the best quality content that we can. See you next time in the Danger Room.